Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Sis. I'm Sis, a.k.a. Allie. I'm Dad. A.k.a. Tony. See, it's taken us a year to get that right. And we have a sp- very special guest with us today. Are you excited? Yeah. How excited are you? I'm excited to know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dad's friend. The well, build-up was great. The build-up was awesome <laughs> until... <laughs> Dr. Brian Woods is but in the he house. He's a doctor, which is I'm excited cool. to be here. Well, I'm, I'm probably more excited to be here you than may, anybody. You may actually win the prize for driving the furthest to have chicken biscuit with us. I know. That was so nice of you. Thank you. Well, I'm honored to be here. Say hi. Hello, hello. He asked us while we're eating breakfast, because we eat breakfast before we podcast, because I hate smacking. Smacking. Mm. He's like, so, stop. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny. It's like blown up into my ears. And I just made it real hot in her ear, too, right when she did that. We're like, so what are we going to talk about on the podcast? I'm like, you. You. And his face got all like, oh, He's man. like, I don't want to talk about me. I said, well, that's why you're coming to have breakfast with us, to yeah. talk about you. It has been way too long. Uh, so I, w- I got up early this morning. I'm sitting in the backyard writing in my journal and kind of prepping for my day. And I'm sitting there trying to do the math on how long it's been we've known each other. I came up with almost 10 years. Whoa. Wasn't it eight or nine? I think so. I think it was the s- actually the summer of nine. Yeah. Uh, 2009 when we met. Um, for the first time. Yeah, yeah. so night. Can you believe that? Oh my how God. cute are you? I'm not sure how you got that old. I, well, uh, well uh. hey, look, my, uh, yeah, it's getting there pretty quick. I just got my summer haircut. Mom, yeah, looks mom, good. mom noticed. I came in, she said, Oh, you got a haircut. And I went, Yeah. She said, Oh, they cut it shorter than normal. I said, No, it's the same, same thing that they've always used. It's just that my hair is getting thinner. So Aww. it looks <laughs> much shorter. Poor but Papa I like my song. summer cut. Yeah, I, I gave up on the concept. Uh, <laughs> oh, about about ten years ago when I met you, actually, uh, I think that's a, a familial trait. But uh, it, it is for us too. They started yeah. making fun of me when I was in my forties. It's like, wow, you're that's getting crazy. thin back there. He's had so much hair. When well, I had to come over. Let's just be no, real. I had when a massive you were younger. Well, yeah, when I was younger, I had curls he used to down perm to my shoulder. His hair. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's I, a picture that, that we haven't released. Yeah. When it was a thing, <laughs> yeah. just in the back, though, where it was really long. <laughs> I forget what we even called that back then. Uh, a, mullet? a mullet. A, a mullet. curly mullet. I had the curly mullet. I had the curly mullet. Yeah. So you actually live, like, on a farm south of Dallas-Fort Worth. We do. We live out in Midlothian, Texas. So yeah. for all of our international listeners and non-Texas listeners, which yes. is almost international sometimes. I mean, True. outside of the state of Texas is almost international. Describe where that is. So Midlothian, Texas, it's about uh, 25 miles south of the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, metroplex. It's actually where kind of the two uh, highway systems that go through Dallas and Fort Worth meet. And so it's... Oh, you know, now that I think about it, you're right. Yeah, yeah I never thought of that. So it's kind of the... the southernmost point of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. 35 uh, years ago when I moved here, it was nothing. It's ju- it, it was a spot. It was just farmland, and, yeah. and a lot of it still is. Yeah. But uh, it is, you know, most of the development here in Dallas-Fort Worth is up towards Frisco and Allen. North going um, toward Oklahoma. That's why Oklahoma's like a suburb now. Exactly, exactly. But uh, it, there's a pretty good amount of development going on down there. It's uh, crazy. A lot of family living areas and new yes. you know, housing developments and so forth. I just drove so. through there last week on the way down to Rock Creek. Yeah. I was stunned. I hadn't been down there in forever and ever and ever. How far away is your closest Chick-fil-A? <laughs> that uh, is we, the question. We do have a Chick-fil-A right in Cedar Hill. Oh. And so uh, it's pr- 
probably only about eight miles from my house. Oh, that's not bad. So what about, about the eight target? miles? Fifteen <laughs> minute drive. <laughs> target. target. Target is also near the Chick Fil A. Oh, there um, you go. So it's not that bad. Yeah, I live it's in the northernmost portion of Midlothian. It's a pretty big community, but uh, I, I literally am on the south border of Cedar Hill. Okay. And so I have a lot of the conveniences of oh, kind yeah. of a, a medium sized city um, that we you know have all the different restaurants and all. I was the driving through, driving back the other day, and never really appreciated how close. I guess that's 67 right. that goes down through there. Right. How close it backs up to Radio Hill. Oh, yeah. We've got to realize that a lot of people don't know what y'all talk about. Yeah, so. no. Cedar Hill is the lo- is the city and town that's famous for all of the broadcast towers. Right, right. It's actually a satellite farm system. It's actually the central really part for the U.S. government. What? Um, so we, we have a studio out there. Yeah. Uh, out there, and it's literally at the base of all of those tall uh, wireframes with all the red lights on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, just next to our property out there as uh, a satellite farm. You can't see it because it's kind of tucked down right, in, in the right. hills, but there, I think there's 37 of those huge satellites that what? are there, and it's a central communication pod uh, for the central portion of the U.S. Can you believe that? Wow. And so so uh, you can see those from almost all over Dallas. Is that the highest part of Dallas? Is that why they ended up down there? It's a great question. I don't know. Um, they've been there. Uh, I grew up here in the yep. Dallas-Fort Worth area in South Arlington, and so – I remember as like a four-year-old kid, the, yeah. the neighborhood kids, you know, we could see them from where we lived. Sure. And, uh, you know, them teasing me that those were the rockets that we had mm-hmm. armed and ready to go to Russia. And I mean, <laughs> as a little kid, you believed anything Absolutely. That, uh, that other people it's tell like, you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they, they've been there forever. But I, I don't know if it's the highest point. Um, you know, now that I think about it, they named the town Cedar Hill. Right. So maybe it is the biggest hill here right. in Texas. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, Cockrell Hill grows through there. Yeah. And yeah. when you're going down <coughs> 30... And you turn off on Cockrell Hill and you go south toward that. Right. It is pretty high. Yeah. I mean, you got a great view of you got a great view of downtown. I've been down here 35 years, and I can remember my first time of coming in contact or, or seeing those things. There was nothing down there. Yeah. Zero. Just wide open. And now it is massive. Oh yeah, it's developed really all the way down to Waxahachie, uh, which is oh, south of gosh. us. I know. You know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. When I think Waxahachie, I think well, I'm halfway to Austin by that. No point, kidding. But but it's it's completely developed all the way down 35. Are you a multi generational Texan? Uh, I am. I am. Yeah. My uh, my grandfather uh, was, I believe, from Texas. He right. married he married my granny from in Louisiana, but uh, they lived in West Texas. He was a uh, Church of Christ minister. Wow. And so they hopped around every three or four years right, to right. different towns, yeah. starting new churches. Yeah. Uh, and my dad was born in a little town called Lorraine, Texas. Oh. My and then gosh. I was born in Big Spring, Texas, out in West Texas. You were born in Big Spring. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. That is where Brent Ryan is from. Really. He just bought the Settlers Hotel. Well, not well. Yeah, he owns the Settlers Hotel okay. out there yeah. and restored it. Wow. He is the famous. Gra- yeah. What, what year did you graduate? Uh, gra- you graduated from high school. Yeah. Um, 2005. No, I'm just teasing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I graduated. Let's see. High school would have been 1991. Wow. That's um, when I was born. <laughs> now I do feel old. Now you should feel old, <laughs> um, right? Yeah, so I graduated 91. Uh, I actually lived here in Farmers Branch just over the, across 635 here, but uh, So, he's a little he's a little older okay. than than you, but he's the yeah, I you okay, you're the second person in the whole wide world I know from there. Yeah. Well, so the big uh, hotel, he now owns it, uh, he restored it. There's not not a whole lot in town except There's for the one. hotel. Right, right. Um, and then and then of course they're famous for their water out there. Their water has a tremendous high load of sulfur in it. Um, so it smells and tastes wonderful. Yeehaw. Yes. Although that's why they call it big. It's it's spring. a big spring with big a lot spring. of big sulfur. How'd you get in to it. Dallas? Uh, 
dad was in the military, was a registered nurse. Nice. Uh, and so uh, he enl- uh, enlisted, I think, there, then went to school, got his officer position as a lieutenant in Big Spring. We actually transferred to Biloxi, Mississippi from there. Get out, Biloxi. And then uh, when he separated from the military in 75, uh, he moved back here to Arlington, Texas. Yeah. And, uh, ran a large construction company. We were framing family, and yeah. so we built a lot of a lot of the homes along Green Oaks and Little Road over there off of I-20. Oh, my gosh, uh, yeah. Our, our family uh, was really heavily involved in that. We had up to seven, eight crews going at different times. Unbelievable. So that's how I moved to Arlington, and then from there just kind of grew up in this how area. How old did you get into medicine out of framing? Wow. Um, I Hold was, on, we haven't even talked about what he does. Well, he's a doctor. Okay, he runs company. Why don't you talk a little about what you do? Okay. <laughs> Let, let's give a little context, then I'll return Where to the exact hell? question. We're going backwards. <laughs> You're the only one that's done it for 10 years. Oh, we well, that's a, okay. That's, that's a good point. point. That's a good point. That's a good point. So uh, in, in the professional doctoring world, uh, I'm an anesthesiologist by training. Uh, I uh, Tell everybody what an anesthesiologist is. Oh, people know what that is. <laughs> oh, that's oh, the basics. That's okay. the basics. Okay. Okay. Right. They put dumb. you to sleep. They put you to sleep, or they we, you sleep. or we numb you up in your back if you're having a baby, or That's right, something yeah. like that. So and wake you up. Um, so uh, I'm an anesthesiologist by training. I actually don't practice clinically anymore. Yeah. Uh, I am a, a president and chief medical officer. But for, how long did you practice? Uh, so I, I got out of residency training in 2007. Prior to that, I did aerospace medicine for the United States Air Force. Whoa. Which Sweet. is which is the tie kind of back to um, what did my they dad. Do? They, like, yeah. Check on all of the pilots. Or That's right. Yeah. So aerospace medicine. Think family practice doctor. Right. For pilots, uh, and navigators, and all of their family. Oh and my so gosh, that's so cool. I was assigned to the 28th Bomb Squadron at Dias Air Force Base in Abilene, Texas, also West Texas. Yeah. So um, they need special doctors because they're pilots. You do. Um, it's one of those things. That a lot of people don't think about this, but if you think about the simple and common things that you have on the ground, so you get a right. cold, you get a stuffy nose, mm-hmm. you get a earache or something like that. It's one thing to have that on on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're at 40,000 feet and oh, have wow. to very quickly dive to 500 feet off the ground, that pressure, that is pressurization can look. Don't mean to be gross, but it can literally blow your face out. Yeah. So oh. um, you have to be able to manage those individuals, and then that's just a simple example. Any other type of element that we would all have is, right. you know, uh, a, a sprained elbow or uh, a, a bum ankle or uh, a kidney stone or something right. like that. All of those things have different effects when you're at altitude and when you're rapidly changing through altitude. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so you have to go through and learn the physiology of all those things. And so um, that's cool. That's why there was like a Grey's Anatomy episode where this diver or this guy was scuba diving. Right. But then he got on a plane. Because <gasps> oh. I think there's like a 24 hour hours, rule, right. And right. then his face was going to explode. If that's right. Like open it up. It's very it dramatic. Crazy. It's very dramatic. Oh my gosh. That yeah. was Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I love that. Oh, show. wow. That show always gets it right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really impressive. So uh, that was aerospace medicine, uh, how I got into medicine. Um, I actually went to Abilene Christian University out well, in West Texas. You said your dad was a nurse, too. My dad was a nurse. And so when I started college, I really didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. Right. I, was, I was a musician and Same spent most here. of my time playing <laughs> uh, playing gigs and, and making money that way. We and talk a lot about how people should do the strengths finders test before they go to college. Because I, I think a lot Finder of strength, people yeah. would figure out that more. I, I think you're absolutely right. I've actually um, 
I actually have six kids, and my second and third kids, I'm actually trying to do that with them now. Yeah. To try to help That's them figure out where to go. By the way, six. That's a lot. That's another story. we got to tap into that Keep as going. we go. Keep yeah. going. So uh, on the medicine thing, as I got into uh, college and started figuring out, if you actually study and apply yourself, you can actually achieve something. Get wow. out. What? Um, it was Leadership a, like, of the day. <laughs> Leadership like tip. Momentous moment <laughs> of the moment, right? And so I wrote that in my journal one time. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you actually apply yourself. So I, when I got out to Abilene Christian, uh, I, was, I went out there to play music and, uh, and do all the other things like date girls and the things that happened in college. Especially at that school. Uh, exactly. Uh, Christian school, uh, girls go for one reason, get their MRS degree. That, that, that is true. That's, uh, that's actually, people joke about it, but it's All actually kind of true. But I had a really uh, special mentor in my life there, Dr. John Little. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he started speaking into my life to achieve the things that you can achieve and understand what platforms you've been given the gifts to get to. Uh, and when I started trying to grasp all of that, wow. um, it, it started opening up my vision to see what some things could be. And, and I thought at the time, maybe I'll do some science classes. Maybe I'll go be a nurse like my dad. Maybe yeah. I'll go be a chiropractor. Yeah. Um, and so that's really how I got to meet Dr. Little. And then he started opening my eyes to the horizons that were beyond that. And then to be very frank, I met my wife. Um, and to impress her, there you go. I needed to be able to say that I was going to do something cool. And yeah. so, I'm going to be a doctor. Uh, Musician like, didn't cut it? I mean, come on. Well, yeah. it cut it for her. It didn't cut it for her dad. Ah. That was the issue. And so when I met Larry, who's now my father-in-law, one of my best friends in the world, you know, he's literally walking up, like, first time to pick her up at her house. Hello, sir. Nice to meet you. Right. Um, how are your grades? <laughs> what you going to do with your life? That's literally what he said to me, like, the first sentence out of his mouth. And I'm like... My uh, grades are good, and I'm going to med school. Oh, and, look at that. And he kind of smiled, and, and it's been great since. So. There you go. <laughs> so There's a lot of wisdom in that. Everything's worked out. So I'm what you would have said is my grades are average, and I'm in a rock band. I'd probably not That had cost gotcha. me a girlfriend before, <laughs> no lie. Uh, and so... Uh, you know, it was, you I, was, from his mistakes. I was trying to take a step up in the world there you I, and see. my wife certainly was a step up in my world. So uh, I was really happy. Uh, that, oh, I've that met her. We've had dinner together. You married way over your head, brother. Yes. Had no, no doubt about it. Um, way over your head. Uh, but shouldn't we always? We, well, we all do. Landon we just don't. It just, just depends on when you recognize it. That's exactly oh. right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. Landon married over his head. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Allie That's told him so right off the bat. Yeah, a little yeah. too much. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, sis. It's all right. He works for Amazon, so he made up for it. I love oh, it. Oh, okay. That's great. Works for Amazon. He made up for That's it. Great. Ask her how many packages from Amazon show up on her doorstep a day. The other day, he's like, I a think day. I might look for another job. I was like, how are you going to beat Amazon? <laughs> how can you do that? How can you beat he that? He has the most Apple. cushioned job. He goes in at 1030, comes home at 8. And only works Monday through Wednesday. No, Thursday. Thursday. Four days Thursday. a week. Yeah, 10-hour days. Yeah. No. Thursday. He Sunday Thursday. through. Yeah, he yeah. works on Sunday. Sunday, yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, four-day week. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, That's Saturday. That's a more common thing these days. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's genius. Yeah, I, I think it's. And they work hard. Yeah. But he he's pretty smart, so he makes it look easy, but he does work hard. Yeah. yeah. No, those are great positions, yeah. and I wish more places would go to that type of uh, mm-hmm. getting the best out of their people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and me both. Yep. So you did end up going to med school, but not at ACU because it's That's a great right. school, but they yeah. don't have a med school. Where'd you go to med school? So I graduated 95 from Abilene Christian. My wife and I moved to yes. San Antonio. Oh. San Antonio. Uh, University of Texas at San Antonio. Oh, what a great school. And, uh, I was going to say UT. 
Yeah. yeah. UT. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So uh, during my first year, my wife uh, became pregnant with our first child, who's actually getting married a week from today. Okay, now I feel old. Another story. <clears throat> a week uh, from today. A week from today. Uh, How'd you end Emily? up coming and have breakfast with us a week from today, and you're out having breakfast with you us? You weren't doing anything. So here, here's the oh, funny that's story. Good, that's a good point. I got the order yesterday oh. <laughs> that you will go and update all of the furniture in the backyard because next <laughs> Saturday all of the groomsmen and the groom oh, right, come yeah. to the house for a hangout. Day. Right. Yeah. Mm. And our, you know, the pool furniture and the cushions and all that stuff. It's Old. been a year. Been. Our, and yeah. it's harsh summers out there yeah. and harsh winters. So I literally just said, well, I'm going to run out and go get some cushions. And then I thought, I'll just swing by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> there you go. See some friends run on out. the way out. 26 so miles that's literally later. why I'm out uh, out here doing There's some uh, good places that. around here to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. Uh, and, okay, getting married, but just not marrying anybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an amazing a, story. Tell it. Tell, what, yeah, tell so, a story. Um, my wife and I, uh, I just was talking about Emily when she became pregnant with Emily. That's how I wound up in the military, which is where I was headed. Uh, mm. I, I was able to apply for a scholarship program where they pay for your medical school, and then they give ah. you a salary at the same time. That's uh, cool. Which allowed Amy to stay home, which was a choice right. we had made for us that we, right. when she got pregnant, we wanted her to stay home with the babies. And so that's how I wound up in the military. Mm-hmm. That's how I wound up doing aerospace medicine. And that's how I wound up at Dias Air Force Base. Um, when you do medicine mm-hmm. for the military do you still have to go through like all the military like you do you gotta talk louder sis you sound like you're asleep this morning no i don't i'm literally eating the mic i know i had a sore throat i I had to turn you up i've had a sore throat are you are you are you still sick (sighs) mom says that my immune system just sucks well it's a good thing we're having breakfast with a doctor around big group people just get sick she but gets anyways <laughs> so you do have to <laughs> yes. and i like anytime go- i go in public i get sick i googled it and of course <laughs> it came back you have high anxiety <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no it's not like that it could be on certain days google google's brilliant google google, I mean, google MD. that's what i tell all my patients that's to right. do <laughs> Please go read Google. it on Google how and come ask build, me all the questions. How to build my immune system. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. that's, you should have my wife on for that show because <laughs> oh. um, she's I need to have her on a, anyway. A she, needs, she needs to be on the show anyway. She is absolutely hilarious. So what Sis is asking is, did you have to do basic training when you went to the military for Even medicine? though you're only doing medicine. Yeah. Only. So, um, yes. So, uh, well, he's you, not shooting guns. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And. Yeah. And yeah, in medicine, yeah, you do. If so you, you have to be patient. trained and yeah. fully equipped, right? And so there's a whole bunch of rules in Geneva Convention and what people can do. And yeah. if the Red Cross is on your site, there's a whole bunch of military rules for actions in war. But as a physician, you still have to go through all the training. So I, um, because I entered as a physician, though, I didn't go to basic training. That's mm. uh, for those that enlist and, mm-hmm. and serve right. uh, that direction. I went to officer indoctrination course or OIC. And so you go through all of that process. And then as I got into aerospace medicine, you take very specific courses uh, related to military control and command. As an aerospace physician, you were often on the front lines uh, mm. right at the de- with the deployed uh, troops. And we didn't stay back in the, in the hospitals there. So, uh, so keep going. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> we squirreled. We that's squirrels all right. That's all good. Squirrel. Uh, uh, squirrels. Squirrels are pretty. Uh, so that, that's what happened. Did you just say squirrels are pretty? <laughs> yeah. That shoots squirrels. Well, we do not think squirrels are pretty. I was going to say they're pretty, pretty until they're not, which <laughs> usually meets <laughs> the end of a gun, uh, especially out where we live. That's something you have to do sometimes. Yeah, they become squeaker um, toys in our backyard. Yeah, our, our yeah. bird dogs. So the military process, uh, an amazing 
uh, season for my life. I often say if I weren't married and had six kids, right. uh, I'd probably still be doing that job. Really? I, I really loved uh, the mission and the purpose. Yeah. It's very easy when things are very clear and defined. Yeah. You understand what your responsibilities are, and everybody knows the role on the team. Wow. If that almost could, sounds like a philosophy for business. If it? we could almost, almost teach that into a normal process, wow. we could run great companies. How about that? Um, but it was a really, really <laughs> good place. And, and uh, you know, I say this all the time about the guys I started with. If you talk about pilots and people that are in the military serving, um, they're brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really are. If you're if you're a pilot in the U- United States Air Force or, uh, or the Navy, um, those guys aren't pilots just because they couldn't do anything else. They right. chose to be pilots. Yeah. Right. They could be neurosurgeons. They could be heads of state. They could be any of those things. They just chose to go fly fly things and blow things up. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> really that's fast what they chose too. to do. So yeah. I, I love that season. But uh, getting back to uh, the original question, which I think started with my daughter's yes. soon-to-be husband, soon-to-be my son-in-law. Yes. Um, what does he do? Um, he is a pastor at our local church. Fun. Um, has his master's degree in uh, strategic uh, planning and is a, prof- a professional photographer. Um, so he kind of does these two different worlds. Yeah. Nice. Um, I actually hired him uh, to go with my family on our last trip to China. So uh, first three kids biological. Mm-hmm. The next three kids were adopted uh, from China, each of them. Different seasons, 2008, 2000. I always get this wrong with my wife. She gets mad. Uh, 2008, 2010. I hope that's right, Amy. And then <laughs> 2016. Uh, and on, on the 2016 it's trip. It's thought that counts. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just bad with dates. Uh, He's my son. Yeah, He's yeah, just yeah. here. Right, um, so, right. Um, but we took the entire family. We took I'm the glad th- you said you aren't bad with numbers because then everyone would be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. especially when I'm trying to draw up doses for <laughs> drugs. <laughs> exactly. That's a bad How many is numbers? I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. That looks like enough. Yeah. That's <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, but we took the entire family. That's not really funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't play this to the ASA. That's right. Um, took the whole family to took China. Took the whole family to China, including our two adopted kids from China. That was oh. our first time for them to go back. Oh, that's they're, awesome. they're 11 and 10. Right. And so uh, brilliant thought, hey, I should hire somebody to go and like do the videos and the photography for us while we're on this trip so that the family doesn't have to worry about catching all those moments. So right. you hired him so before I hired, Emily was dating him? Correct. Oh. I hired this hunter to go with us. Um, this hunter? His name is Hunter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I hired this Hunter kid. We've known him since he was a little kid. Right. I've seen his work as a photographer. Yeah. We've hired him into some of our music companies to do shoots for us for albums and stuff. And so as we got uh, over to China, A, I thought he was dating somebody. Mm-hmm. And he thought that my oldest daughter, Emily, was dating somebody. Oh, how about that? That all became very clear the first you know, We were there for three weeks. But during the first week, we Three learned, weeks? Yeah, you have to go there and... You get to pick up your child. <laughs> I wish you could see Allie's face right now. It's like her eyes And then are you hired this kid to go with you for three weeks? Yes. Well, yes. Wow, yes. that's yes. an expensive photographer. Adoption is a, an ex- expensive endeavor, that's for sure. Um, but when you've got to go to uh, China, might as well take a photographer with you. Might and he's, well. he's friends with us. We've all known him since we were, you know, they were little kids and growing up in, in church together. But along the way, we learned he wasn't yeah. um, dating someone and about... About the sixth day, I was at breakfast with him with morning, just very much like this, uh, eating chicken biscuits and, and drinking Diet Coke. And uh, he asked me, my daughter was going to Belmont in Nashville mm-hmm. uh, for her undergraduate degree. And he said, well, how often does she come back to Dallas? And I said, well, ever since she broke up with this Uh-oh. other boy. Uh-oh, you threw Uh-oh. that in there. I didn't know I was throwing in a, <laughs> a life vital fact. Yeah. But I threw that out there. And it, 
the that's his, a game changer. His Brian. eyes got really big, yeah. and he literally like, wait, are you saying she's not dating? Oh so my and so? gosh! And I said, wait, wait, why are you saying it like <laughs> that? <laughs> and and uh, you put your foot down. My wife and I both looked at each other, and we're like. Okay, something just happened. Yeah. And, I mean, the next two weeks, it was on. I mean, they're flirting. Oh, and my God. Starting to fall in love. And, and it, all the pictures, there's like, there's like, you know, 100 pictures of the baby in the process and 1,000 pictures of yeah, somebody like, very was special. Was this trip only about Emily? <laughs> what happened here? So uh, they got back. It took about four months for him to figure out that it was going to be really serious. My, my daughter, by the time we landed back in the States, right. she had to fly back to Nashville. And she literally came in the night before just weeping. Like, oh my I've gosh. Got to, what do I do? You know, just like, we'll get on the plane. Yeah, get go on to plane. Nashville. Yeah. School. Continue to pray about it. Right, right. We'll see what happens. And then by Christmas, they were definitely in love and dating. And then by February, they were Look engaged. Look at that. Look cool. at that. Look at that. Yeah. And now, a and now week, in a seven week, days. they're getting married. They're going to get married. That's so, so cool. So how old are your adopted? So uh, my oldest adopted daughter, Adaya, she is 12 now. Uh, then my adopted son, Rhett, is 11. Mm-hmm. And then the new uh, son, his name is Micaiah, but we call him Kai. I like uh, that. Kai uh, came home in 2016, and he has now just turned five. Fine. Yeah, so we've got 21 down to five. and 21 down to five. So he, you, he was... I'm bad at He math. was four, four when we got him. Got and it. he's come since he's come home he's had his fifth birthday. Have they all been older? No, he was definitely the oldest. Uh Adaya was I think uh, nineteen months when she came home mm-hmm. yeah. and, and Rhett was uh, about twenty four months, so two years. What's the process like? Yeah, it's uh it's an amazing journey. Um the first part of it we they call it the great paper chase yeah mm-hmm. um, and uh, it literally takes nine to ten months just to get your paperwork turned in wow and there's social workers that come to the house and these reports you do and certainly you write a couple different checks uh, for different amounts and then once you get submitted to the country right. uh, that you're going to do in this you know for china um it there's a variance by country of how many years it takes because it literally is generally years oh wow um, and so you work with the agency and then on one magical day you get an email or a phone call and they say here is a child, are you willing? So in our, in our case, we did special needs for all three of our, our, our children. Uh, amazing side note, while we signed up for special needs, all of our kids came home without special needs. Wow, uh, which really? Which is a, another long story some other time. But um, So they were put in They were the put into special needs. Because they thought that they had special needs? Here's my personal belief. I believe that the nannies and the people that were working to take care of these kids in the orphanages in China, I think that they fell in love with these kids in such a way that they were basically gaming the system to try to get them out quicker if you're special needs you get out in about a year year and a half of the system if you're not then you could age and age out there's so Mm. many children in china who once you get past about the age of seven it becomes really hard for you to become adopted and so uh, i think in all three cases there was either a clear it it either comes down to there was a clerical error on what they wrote on their medical chart right or somebody intentionally put some facts on the medical chart that put them into this bucket so what did you think that they had so uh, my daughter, when she was getting ready to come home, it just said global you, developmental delay. 
Um, now, when we picked her up, she was delayed. Right. Um, but well, global development. Yeah. When she's come over to America, she's probably going to be a little delayed in the. Yes, but not not but according to American there. standards, right. but just you know regular child development standards in China. That's crazy. Um, and so uh, that was that uh, for my uh, second son. Uh, Similarly, he was born when they found him. Uh, he was literally left on the steps of a police department. Oh, mm. my goodness. Uh, he was two points, uh, two pounds, seven ounces. Oh, what? So he so was extremely a premature. Like he, yeah. What? And probably the mom who ever had him was struggling to right, right. keep him, uh, you know, fed and everything else. Yeah. So they put him in the hospital. He's in the hospital for a little while. So he had special needs, but because he was so small, they listed him as special needs. I but got you. as soon as we got him home and started yeah. feeding him and everything yeah, yeah, else, yeah. he was perked fine. up. He's uh, sharp. He's doing all the stuff in school. Everything's going well. It's awesome. Uh, so that's that. And then probably the most uh, interesting portion, Kai. Um, uh, I wish everybody could see. Do pictures they have of these him. names already? No, we. Those are names that we gave him. So yeah. they had Chinese names, and we're actually going through the process literally this last week of readopting them. So once you bring them home, it's in it. order to get them U.S. birth certificates and U.S. papers, now mm-hmm. they have a U.S passport right and they have a social security number but to give them american documents which are easier for like when you enroll them in kindergarten yeah when you put them right. into college it's easier if you have the normal papers right yeah we're going through that process so uh, i had to look up the chinese names because i couldn't remember what they were right um, but so those are the names that we gave them uh, but with kai his special needs um they sent me the file i see the picture of this cute little you know three-year-old kid at the time right and i you know i've been through a bunch of these files over the course of years for us and for other friends and look through the whole thing and i was like okay, I, I read the whole chart. Where's the special need? Right. And they, uh, I called the agency back and I was like, listen, love this little boy. His heart is special. <laughs> special. And uh, they said, well, Dr. Woods, did you, uh, did you see the part about their lab work? And did you see where that he's at risk for having hepatitis B? And mm. so I scrolled over to the lab right. work and uh, there's four different labs that you get to assess somebody's status uh, yeah. for hepatitis B risk mm-hmm. or vaccination. And uh, I read through and I read all the deals and it says, and I said, well, uh, explain to me what you're seeing when you, mm-hmm. well, right. and they said, well, you see right there, it says, consider HBV. And we knew that that meant consider he, that he could be a risk for hepatitis B virus. But as a physician, when I read it, what it meant was when I looked at the labs, it just showed he had never had his hepatitis B vaccination. Right. He didn't mm. have the right response. Right. And so all he needed was a hepatitis B vaccine. And then he's not fine. the hepatitis B virus. And oh so my goodness! The agency that's working with China, they said, "So, Dr. Woods, are you and Amy willing to accept this child into your home <laughs> and to accept the risk right. and, like, and manage the problems should yeah. he have hepatitis B?" And I was right. like, "Absolutely, <laughs> we are so ready to handle that, and uh, we'll take care of everything that he needs as soon as he gets home." Right. And so we went and picked up this little firecracker, and uh, now he's home. He's gotten his hepatitis B shots and. Guess what? He doesn't He's have hepatitis fine. B. Oh my! Oh, that's oh, crazy. So, but wow. that, that simple fact right. was the difference between him being able to be allowed to be adopted at age four, mm-hmm. and then going through a longer process and potentially aging out. Right. And, and uh, basically, they age into the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. orphan that's system crazy. there, and then at eighteen, they're turned out to the streets. Street. So, yeah. the older the Kai was, he harder to transition. Into oh, your family because he was 100%. older, yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. So it was a, a a harder journey. Each journey is is always worth it, but definitely the uh, adaptation period. Yeah. The responses from him, um, just the, uh, just the simplicity of the language, right? So at age four, he's, he's completely one hundred percent fluent in oh, Mandarin. Yeah. Right. And so in his mind. He's screaming at you something. <laughs> right. And as far right. as he knows, he's saying it out loud, and you should hear him and understand what he's saying. Yeah. Right. And we're completely ignorant. 
Right, have you learned Mandarin? Absolutely you... not. Oh. No, it's one man. of the most complicated. Well, I guess is. Japanese, and but there's so many. The simplicity of being able to say a word, and there's three or four different inflections with the last tone. Right. Oh. And depending on which inflection you use, it means donkey or sky. I mean, right. it's like, oh, it, it, that's you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's literally the inflection can change context of the word. That's Isn't that crazy? And yeah. uh, so, no, I, I don't have any ability i mean we know the basics like mama yeah. and baba for right. mommy and daddy and things yeah. like that and uh but other than that no so the frustration period for him right created an ad- uh, the adaptation period that was really long really hard right uh, especially on my wife you know oh, when i, I got back we deal with it but then you know because of my world i have to go to work and right it's almost an escape yeah, but yeah. for my wife she was there every day 24 mm-hmm. 7 and uh, it's, a, it's a big so she's period. teaching kai english well um I like to think he's excessively brilliant, um, yeah. but he literally within a few weeks of being home just what? started picking up words, what? and within, that is so cool. Within a couple months, full sentences, and so I that mean, is great. The ad- the adaptation, uh, the malleability of the of the young brain yeah. is uh-huh. amazing, and so he picked all that up quick. Same. All the same city? No, no, they were from three very disparate locations. Really? Um, you know, if if you overlay China, I do this to help people understand. It'd be like one came from North Carolina. Yep. Uh, one came from right in the central heartland, like Kansas, yep. and then one came from San Diego. Hmm. Like those are the three. That's how far far apart they were in China. And Does it, he Shanghai, tend Beijing, to Beijing and Hong Kong? Uh, those are all on the coast, but uh, no, this the, it was Nanjing, yeah. okay, Anhui, and uh, Guidong is the name of them. All, yeah, yeah. all oh ones gosh. that you've never been to. No, yeah, I yeah. haven't been to any of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So does he tend to hang out more with the other adopted? kids versus the he's extremely bio. social he literally graduated from pre-k yesterday nice. and Aww. they gave him the mr social award that's so at cute. the graduation nice um so he is a complete ham uh, i joke all the time i need to get him his own disney show i mean like he's <laughs> literally that expressive and, and engaged um so he hangs out with everybody oh that's um, good and he's one of those things like He's really shy for about the first 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. And then he gets to know you. And so um, he's full on with anybody that he knows uh, in the house. And that's so awesome. Um, and six. I got so lucky. Yeah. So well, that's you the six, six kids. Six. On 21 to five. 21 down to five. Yep. It's good to have babysitters built in. Oh, it's amazing. And it's very cost effective. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what you have to pay babysitters these days? Oh, it's my outrageous. goodness. I know. I, I don't know if they all banded together like the McDonald's crew said 15 bucks much. an hour that's or something. It. Yeah. It's like 15 bucks an hour. Um, it's the going rate. It's that darn internet. Yeah, that's what it is. Everybody's aware <laughs> of all the rates out there. Everybody but, just uh, posts this Google babysitting rates. Yeah, no. And we, it's all 15. We were teasing the other day. Uh, my oldest my third son is getting ready to graduate next year but when he leaves i'm gonna mm-hmm. have this gap where i don't have an extra driver in the house uh-oh and we're, we're like it's like a it's a it's a, a coming plague we're gonna have to like buy a nanny or something to actually drive our <laughs> kids around drive. I don't oh do that my gosh <laughs> so medicine's played a huge role but you do so much more than medicine i mean you've got ministry going on you've got music back in your life you played it well too Hmm. Tell the fa- future father-in-law, I'm going to study medicine, study medicine, and then go back into music. It's a genius play. It worked out really well. Uh, do what you love. <laughs> do what you love, but have a, a, a means for provision. There right? you go. For that's sure. really, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really what yeah, it came yeah, down yeah. to. Well, and just recently he posted, I don't, uh, you probably didn't see this, sis, but for the first time in years, you actually got on stage with the family and performed. I did. What uh, was that like? Uh I'm an extremely sentimental person, yeah. and so it was emotional yeah. for me. I saw the uh, post. 
I uh, so I, I played professionally for a number of years, uh, mainly playing bass and doing background vocals. Uh, most of those professional years, I toured with a young man named Aaron Watson, who's a country artist now, yeah. international country artist now. Um, but uh, when I got into this area, moved out to the farm where we all were talking about, I, I started working with a bunch of other individuals uh, that are really high professionals as well and kind of got out of the role where I didn't play. I just didn't oh. need to. They're, right. they're all way, way better than I. And uh, so last uh, weekend, uh, my kids have grown up in these businesses, and so they're all extremely talented, and they all perform live and sing and write. And I saw your daughter on play stage everything. a couple weeks ago. She That's was awesome. amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She got to lead at Watermark. That's right. Uh, over yeah. there with, uh, with that crew. And so uh, I don't even know how it all came about. I, I, I told the leader of the band that, hey, if you ever need somebody to fill in for bass, because they were having some weeks where they didn't have the right kind of guys playing. And he said, well, why don't you come on? And then I think they all worked it out. But like my oldest daughter, Emily, Natalie, my second daughter, and my son, Ridge, who's 17, all got assigned to the same crew. And so we got to play um, two sets together. So I got Aww. to play live so with them. So cool. I know. And, you know, one, it's been nine years since I was live. So I'm just, you know you know how to play but you all the <laughs> mental parts of playing live and you know control and pace and so no one can see this but he's playing the air guitar right mm. now on, yeah on the, because it's so yeah cool. well you just you got to control the adrenaline rush when you start right. playing the first set and all there's so many levels of it that as i was playing i was like oh yeah i remember this <laughs> This is what it's um, like yeah but then after you kind of get into it just looking over and seeing your son playing you know wow. six different keyboards and all the different computers that he runs and watching you two girls up front leading and, right. and doing all that stuff it was you know you start having those flashbacks to when like first time you put you know drumsticks in their hands or first yeah. time you put a guitar in their hands and here they are now leading you know a room with three thousand people wow so, um, it, it was nice it was a proud pop moment it was a good moment yeah and, and hope to have some more I, I apparently i'm in the rotation now so nice uh later this summer i'll get to play some so more you do them. a lot of, you you do quite a, you do quite a bit with music right now what are all the things you got going on in music right now yeah so i don't personally do a lot in that I have a series of companies. I uh, uh, have two partners named Shane and Shane, mm-hmm. uh, Shane Everett and Shane Bernard. Uh, Which I first ran into these guys when they were wet behind the ears kids doing Disciple Nows for little bitty churches. Yeah. And now they are big in time. Yeah, yeah, in- international uh, influence at this point. Um, so uh, we own a studio together. Uh, we actually just relocated it um, from the base of those little towers out there at Cedar Hill yeah. uh, over here to the Watermark campus. Uh, we have uh, an online training resourcing company called yep. the Worship Initiative. Um, it's a site for uh, churches and or musicians that don't have resources to send their people there to get the training for their craft as well as the training for their calling as what they're supposed to be doing. I've been on this site, sis. This thing um, is amazing. And so that's it's an amazing site. It's yeah. a great resource. And then we help support, you know, their live touring activity and then right. all of the back end business work. So the publishing, uh, the royalty calculations, the distribution and collection of all of that type of uh, data that turns into money. Uh, I've help build systems that, that, to run all that. So uh, that world is, uh, it's a big passion area for me. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really get much of my time anymore, but uh, still, you know, part owner of those things and then have built systems and trained people to make sure that those things continue to operate. Uh, and looking forward in that world to going international uh, to some other countries with other languages, speaking of, uh, you know, foreign languages uh, soon. And my oldest daughter, Emily, getting married. Yeah. Uh, she works full time for the worship initiative now. And so, that's uh, awesome. She handles all their social media and all that so kind of stuff. So stinking awesome. It's you all got so much going on. That's why I just together. like hanging around you. Yeah. You got so much cool stuff going on. I just get inspired just being have? in the oh, Didn't you the say only. you have another one? Uh, there's, there's some other things. Um, <laughs> it starts to sound crazy when you start saying it all out loud. But How um, many businesses do you own? 
Uh, I think it's like 17. Holy moly! <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly! And it's oh, just I wish small I could have taken a picture of that. It sounds. They have employees for all this. Yes. Yeah. Oh so they've all got teams and all gosh. the people that do that. Um, it sounds crazy. Some of them are really, really small. Some of them are ministries, and so it's literally just organizations that exist in order to help us get the funding for higher hosp- taxes. Um, uh, Corey Green from Seville Dodge and CPA. So um, I don't know anything about that world. As a young entrepreneur, either. her brain is just spinning right that's now. So well, many she's taxes. running, and that's really what it is. Yeah. It's, it's no, being I'm running an one business, and I can barely handle that one. Yeah, it's uh, you got to have the right people in the right t- systems, and so. Yeah. Uh, you get involved with one, you get it up, you grow it, you make it all happen. Okay, there's some wisdom here, but sis. But granted, if Listen. I lived closer to Amanda, we probably would already have five well, businesses. Together? Together. Yeah. But, but it's there's more, some wisdom. It, it's more than just the personalities there that you, you think can drive, right? right. Yeah. It's getting the right business resources. You named it, the accounting, the taxation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the legal aspects. Getting a team of people around you who can handle those things. And so you build one, you grow it up, you mm-hmm. get it set up, and you grow leaders to run the idea or the vision of that company where you can move on. Um, hopefully, if you've set up your structure right, there's some mailbox money that's coming off of that en- entity for you. Yeah. But then you move to what you're best at doing, which is being creative, mm-hmm. creating opportunities, and building new systems and training new leaders. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you invest into that for a season. And so the collection of the 17, this is stuff that's going back to 2002. Yeah. Right. It's just in every few years, there's a couple new things that pop up and it sounds really crazy. But, uh, you know, it, for me, I call it my 5% time. I have a full-time job. Yep. I'm married. I've got six kids. I got plenty going on, yeah. right. um, <laughs> but I, I always hold on to what I call 5% time. And a lot of people fill up their 5% time with, they play golf or they like to go to the lake right. or they like to do those things. What I do is I build and grow companies. <laughs> Uh, that's what I like to do for fun. I would rather do that than go spend five hours on a golf course. There you go. You are um, so crazy. Sis, <laughs> you are wired the exact same way. You just don't know it. I know. I probably am. That's okay, so, so fun, Brian, though. her biggest thing, and I'm so glad you're on today. I can't tell you how glad I'm on. You're on for a lot of different reasons. But her big thing is she has all these ideas, mm-hmm. but she gets wrapped around that if she's not doing all of it, she can't, can't do, do any it. of it. I know. I'm yeah. Bad about that. So, uh, what wisdom would you give that person? Diagnostic of that? That's a fail point. <laughs> fail. Right? <laughs> and, and, and I say that to be very direct on purpose, but here's the deal I didn't get to the point where I was scaling and allowing multiple businesses to grow until I had a person get in my life and kind of become a counterbalance to tell me, okay, you got a thousand ideas, literally. Let's make the example Mm -hmm. easier. Here's 10 ideas. Right. Here's one that you can think about in your dream time. Here's two that you can actually invest time with to get something going right now. And these seven you need to put on the shelf and not come back to them until some other point in time. Being able to discern and put a priority list on the amount of time you can put onto it and what I call my 5% time, Mm -hmm. you have to be targeted that way. Because if you only do that, they always talk about going a mile wide and just an inch deep. Yeah. You can't make progress on too many things at one time. You have to choose the one or two things you're going to be really dedicated to, accomplish small achievable steps, let that thing grow. And when that thing is able to take its own steps or run or you get the right leader to come alongside you or you get the right process where it just goes into automatic mode, Mm -hmm. then you return to your list and say, okay. Now what? Out of those seven, is there anything now, timing, maturity, personal, whatever it is, that says it's time for me to look at that one. Um, And until I had people around me that could help me go through that discernment process and help me uh, literally uh, 
you know, just to discern which one should I be investing energy on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the hardest lesson for me as a dreamer and a visionary and you want to do everything all the time. Yeah. I got frustrated because I wasn't getting anything done. Yeah. yeah. I was spending all my time up here in theory. Like, right. And, and these people that, uh, you know, some of them in different worlds, but came around and, and helped me really get focused. And that's when I started making steps. But it, you got to focus on the ones you can achieve something on and then achieve something on. Yeah. And then you can move on to the next Okay, thing. so how important is it to let go of control? Because, I mean, she's got all the ideas. Yeah. I mean, heck, I've got all I've got a ton of ideas too, but if the thought is if it's going to be done right, I got to do it myself yeah. and I do everything and then I don't let go, yeah. then it can be smothering. Or I my thing right now is I was getting mad at myself yesterday of that summer is a good time. My schedule kind of slows down a little bit. It's a good time for me to like come up with something new or be innovative in my business. Sure. And I feel like I'm already behind in that because I haven't started mm-hmm. being innovative. I'm just kind of coasting like yeah. one email yeah. at a time, like whatever comes in. Yeah. I'm not really like putting steps in my business to do something else because I'm like, hey, I'm making money. I'm sustainable. I'm I'm coasting at the moment. Yeah. And I know that like in order to grow, I need to be doing something else. Yeah. So I got frustrated that yesterday of like, why am I? Because I, I am. Like I tell dad, I, I'm always coming up with something new. Right. And like, oh, I'll just put on my to-do list when I have it later. But it's like I either want full control or I want my full 100% focused yeah. on that one thing when I have like 10 million other things going because running a business is hard like I'm like full in it like I'm a marketer I'm accounting yeah. like, I have all this stuff so I feel like I can't I don't have my full focus on being innovative and yep. growing it because I am too spread into all the emails all the accounting like all the other things that go into running a business yeah well um, gosh there's a thousand different answers here but let me uh, let me start with two things one in order to work through that, and this scenario is common for a lot of people, yep. right? It's not, uh, uh, it's not that this, uh, your situation is unique, but not, it's not a unique situation in that, that there's a thousand things we could all be doing, and then how do I actually make something work? Mm-hmm. First of all, um, you have to get extremely, extremely focused on time intentionality. Mm-hmm. And you have to determine what is my full-time job, full-time role, and my responsibilities right now. What time do I have to allocate to that? And how am I being diligent in that? And then you have to determine once that's decided, mm-hmm. what your responsibilities are taken care of, how much time do I have to put into R&D, to study new things, to try to be creative. Yeah. And if you'll block time specifically to do that and not allow the other responsibilities of getting the bills paid and getting yeah, the other yeah. things done and the trash taken out, to interfere with your creative time, mm-hmm. you literally have to be intentional about when you do what. So that's the first step. That's um, the second thing I would say after hearing that little uh, exposure, uh, getting a chance to do some uh, new work with a, a gentleman named John Maxwell, a pretty well-known teacher and, and uh, business leader. He's good. Um, and, and one of the things I love that John says all the time is, uh, the world and people don't pay for average. And what he means by that is, People are not interested in paying you for a product or paying you for a service for you to be the marketer 
for mm-hmm. you to be the bill payer, for you to do all that stuff. Small business owners often have to do multi-hat right. wearing. Right. Yeah. But at some point, small business owners that want to go to medium business owners yeah, yeah. need to figure out what is it that you and you alone are uniquely gifted to do? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what are the things that you need to find someone else or something else to take care of for you? Maybe you don't need to be paying all the bills or writing all the checks or answering all the mail or mm-hmm. looking through all the email. Sometimes in that time intentionality approach, you have to find the time to offload the task. Usually the ones that you hate the most are the yeah. ones that just kind of drain don't you. Don't fail into right? your strength. I, know. I literally, I got, I got, just got off of vacation. So you know how like emails are just insane yeah. from vacation. Literally 12 hours of emails. Oh, I get it. I get it. I understand. So the question would be, is there someone in your life who understands your business and your world who you could pay X $10 an hour to just answer emails 30 minutes a no. day? Right? No. It's control. It's okay. control. So That's let, control. Let's come back to this. Because <laughs> I is cannot, it, I have not yet to find someone who is like me. As okay. as passionate about it as she is, this I, is the. I, I get it, hard, but this is no the crux of. To be, I'm just paying them ten dollars an hour, and it's a part time job, so they're not going to be as passionate. But as you have to be I passionate am. about finding the right people to do that. Let me tell you why. If it's about control more than the results, then you're going to stay stuck in your control, and you're going to get the exact result that you have right now, mm-hmm. which is you go on vacation, you hate coming off vacation because it oh, means you're going to spend so a day doing emails. that, right? You're going to be in that cycle forever, right? Yeah. But if you could find, and we're using a singular example here, but if you could find one person to do task X, which right now is being described as answer emails, Mm -hmm. and you trained them and you poured into them, and they knew for the 80%, this is what she wants to say every time on these types of things, but on the 20%, these are the ones I have to pass back to her. Right. Mm -hmm. Then when you come off vacation, you're going to have two hours of emails that are the 20% that you need to answer that Mm -hmm. that person couldn't. But there are 80% of those emails that somebody else could have answered rather than you. Yeah. And, and being intentional about recognizing, I hate answering emails. That's a task you should figure out how to delegate to the right person and invest the energy one time to get mm-hmm. that person trained. And then your efficiency goes up. That 12 hours of emails that you answered when you got off vacation, which yep. was supposed to be about you getting recharged, yeah. yep. just drained you for the rest of that next week. Yeah, it did. Right? And so therefore, Wisdom. I've already done it with my mailing. Like I hate going to the post office. Yeah. Like they should never know my name. And they did. And I was like, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. They so I hired an assistant name. and she does all my packaging, my mailing, like all of that. Right. I know. All right. of it. Yeah. That's one. That's one. I know. So yeah. I've got to find baby someone. Steps. For yeah. It's hey, baby we're gonna steps. Run it's out hard. Of, we're going to run out of time because this but is so good. We're just not good stuff. I, this is how it oh, always happens we can cut some of this stuff in the beginning <laughs> cut some of this stuff in the bidding oh we'll cut your part we'll cut out the farm stuff and all no, the oh that's stuff. all good stuff yeah, yeah. hey let's do high low i had one other question though okay ask i forgot it because you got me off the topic what there's not <laughs> we're topic. having such a great conversation and you're like oh wah, wah, wah. I know. it's all about you no, it's not. It's about this is good content. That this is what I I'm know saying. It's all about you. What's what's the thing? I forgot it now. We'll just do high low. You're doing you were doing emails. Your low was when you got distracted in the middle of your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'll think about it. Can you okay. see can you see the frustration though? Yeah. She yeah, has so many ideas. She has so many ideas and 
she can't let go. Gets me pumped up. Like, it's just so... But you got to take that energy that you're feeling right there in that expressive moment. Yeah. you got to learn how to create an environment that intentionally allows you to feed off of that, not just have that drained and not get to the results you're looking for. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I knew it was going to happen. Ah, okay. So this whole year... So last year, I was so bad about working and being really innovative. I grew my business like like rocket fire, Great. crazy yeah. success is because I was working all the dang time and I wasn't living. Was That's the first question you should ask. Yes, you're working hard, but I, I would maybe say that it wasn't just the hard work. It was probably something that you had generated or planted seeds on before that that sparked probably. last year. So don't deceive yourself by thinking it was only because I worked 18 hours a week or 18 hours a day, <laughs> eight hours a week. That'd be that'd great be for awesome. But, right. uh, it was, you, you were in a season where that spark was happening yeah. and you had to work hard to keep it going. Yeah, I did. Right. But that work did not generate the results. Something else, probably your natural creativity, the thing that everybody gravitated towards, whatever uh-huh. it was that lit last year, that is what happened. Your hard work can't be equated to that's why it all happened. You need to work hard. I'm not trying to take that away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you need to go back and, and decipher what allowed that season to come where you had to work 18 hours a day. Uh-huh. And then how do I generate a system around me now where I have another opportunity to plant another one of those? Whatever that thing was. Oh, dang. So to equate that the work gave you that result. Yeah. It's going to lock you in the trap of I have to work hard and nobody else can do this as good as me. Experience belief. Whoa. My brain is exploding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I thought I was working hard or I was working oh, you were a working lot. Hard. Yeah. But I was forgetting to actually live like my life. Like yeah. I was just working. There are seasons we have to do that. Um, yeah. but um if, so, if everything you just said were true, I was working so hard and it's the reason everything was going and my business is growing and all that kind of stuff, then the only answer is you have to work that hard the rest of your life in order for your business to keep growing. Yeah, well, Thank that's you. not work. That and, can't happen. And, and that's not going to work for Why you. Is it that when someone else says it, it sounds much, so much more believable. <gasps> he says it in a different way. I have been saying the Is this where I say I'm just telling you everything your dad taught me? No, not really. Keep oh, going. Okay. She this is a good conversation. That. <laughs> that would yeah. have made her really, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, you have to decide what results you want. You have to figure out what's created great results for you in the past. Yeah. And then get a, a time intentional view of what you're going to do with your time mm-hmm. and what things other people are going to need to be sought out, trained mm-hmm. and prepared to do to allow you to do your things the best that you can. Just because you're the best at doing something, does that mean you need to be doing that? Because you could be really good at 10 things, but really, in reality, you need to be doing two and, and, and people need to be doing the other eight. I totally agree. You, most That's people, what you just said. Yeah. I'm just saying it in a different way so you get it, <laughs> sis. And there's thousands and of people it's, listening. And it's for me, too, <laughs> yeah. right? And no, for me, too. It's exactly true. Uh, most people can't do more than one or two things great. Yeah. We do a lot of things mediocre or we just get by with them. And Dad that's, says that. Um, that's back to John's point. People don't need you to be average. Yeah. There's lots of average people right, right, in the world. Right. You need to figure out what are the one or two things that I can do that other people, if they were to give the same amount of heart, energy, and 18 mm-hmm. that they wouldn't generate the same result that you do. Um, yeah. And that's what you should find a way to have your time focused on, which is going to make your business better. So much wisdom. So going back, I was focusing my time on 
trying to find work-life balance but then my when my frustration came in is that I forgot about the innovative part Mm -hmm. so now it's like this triangle of business life innovation Mm -hmm. so much so much so mind blown well you've got her all juiced up now we're spending the rest of the day together working on a project (sighs) together so she will be be wound up today wound up that's good sis hi low hi low low got back from beach vacation so that's kind of low but not really got back to 12 hours worth of email low i know hi um well low is that i also got sick i've been oh that's right she got sick she was around forty thousand people yeah mm. for a week two days worth of fever it's a petri dish of germs yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no germs down there. Yeah. Was the high the fact that you came back to a clean Jeep? I like a 101. It wasn't technically super clean because it rained, <laughs> but... <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> you even said it. You was like, it's not really wow. that clean. I hand clean. washed her Jeep while it she was, was gone. It was so nice. The inside's really nice. And it did rain on it. Wow. And so it was technically. I need to give you my address. Super clean. <laughs> I've got like six cars I need to have hand washed because my kids will the never wash their totally. own car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my husband's washing the, my car right now, which is nice. He felt like he was in the doghouse. Is that why he's washing the car? Somebody left the cat out all night, Brian. That was me. That was her. <laughs> She's waking up like, meow, meow. We should it's not like, talk about what cats. What is that? But cats I have cats drool. in my house. Yeah. And I try to leave them outside because I live in the country and we have coyotes. Yeah, yeah. they're good. Yeah. <laughs> No, yes, I'm driving towards a certain result in that conversation that probably no, doesn't work well for you. We say, we say cats drool, dogs rule, but Allie, Allie has cats instead of babies. Yeah. So I will not have. Thank you. I don't have right now. High so what was your high? Is that I plan on laying out later today. You plan on laying out later today? Yeah. Oh, I went to main event yesterday. Or not main event. Dave and Buster's Dave yesterday. Dave and Buster's yesterday. Game night game night summer my goal this summer is to be innovative but also to be restful mm. restful and innovative yeah dr woods high low um and this is all about the week what's high part was low part yeah you no I, I love the concept uh low for me wednesday evening uh, american airlines mm-hmm. um there was a speaker out on the inside of the plane and so they kept delaying our flight. I had a 6.30 flight to go to Atlanta. Oh, dear. And for the speaker, I was like, listen, we don't need the speaker. We don't need the speaker. They delayed it one hour, two hour, three hours. And then the flight didn't what? take off for Atlanta until 10.30 p.m., Whoa. which Whoa. is 11.30 Eastern time. Yep. So it didn't land until 2.30 a.m. Oh. Uh, for a meeting I was supposed to have the next morning at 7 a.m. Nice. And so that was definitely my low point. That was low. Um, and Lots the high, of, yeah. of course, is coming here to Chick-fil-A. And oh, look at you. Aww. You're so sweet. So, I actually have thoroughly enjoyed being here with you guys. You get, you're so Isn't awesome. Great? So I, I had a similar American Airlines story. I had three American Airlines flights this week. And first one, amazing, on time. They bumped me up. I sat in first so class. Good, yeah. It was good. Second one, on time, bumped me up, sat in first class. Got to Chicago, mm. changed planes. That, you, you stopped right there when you say got to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did not get upgraded, but you know what? My amazing assistant took good care of me, had an aisle seat on the bulkhead. I was a happy camper. Get on. It's Chicago. Yeah. Delayed an hour, hour and 15, hour 20. I put on my, the the greatest invention ever, noise-canceling headphones. Love them, yeah. Right? 
Bose noise-canceling headphones has always been my go-to until I found these Sonys. And believe it or not, these Sony headphones, you can put them on and the world goes away. Mm. It's crazy. Mm. And so I thought, all right, it's been a long day. You know, I was up at 4. We're delayed. It's going to be 1 o'clock when we get home. Mm. I'm just going to put on the Bose. And it was an Airbus. Mm -hmm. I'm flipping through. And lo and behold, there it was on the movies. You've got mail. My favorite movie. You've got mail. And everything was better. Everything was better. Now, I watched the entire movie during the delay, but that's okay, you know? (laughs) That was okay. We definitely know American Airlines isn't going to sponsor us. American Airlines? I don't know. They could have done I mean, that's that's actually, they were delayed, but they scored with good content. You've got mail. There you go. And my noise-canceling headphones, the world went away, and it was just Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks, and Brinkley the dog. That's right. It was so awesome. But uh, it's been... This has been one of these cool weeks. It's a long weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. So thank you for your service, by the way. It's Memorial Day weekend. We should, yeah. we should, um, we I proudly put the flag out. We yep. ours too. Yeah, proudly put the flag out. I've got a, um, in my garage, I have a eight foot by 12 foot flag mm. hanging in my garage. Yeah. And it's, it's the pride of the house. Matter of fact, we talk about this. We bought the house because of the flag. Oh, it was there. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, so the story is, is that the original flag was there, and the original flag, Brian, was um, had some serious history to it. I mm. mean, it was it bad was to the bone. it was bad to the bone. Yeah. It had some serious history. Well, we wrote in the contract of the house, we're going to buy the house. It's flag stays mm. because I mean. It was, it had serious history. Yeah. Okay. Well, we sold the house or the, we bought the house and we go to move in and the Open flag the was garage gone. And the, and the, and yeah. yeah. And the flag was gone. So we call a realtor and said, look, we wrote this in the contract and everything. And we got this huge letter back. It was my dad's flag from when he was in the war. Yeah, it flew no. over the base and it's like yeah, everything. No, it. I'm like going, oh. But we bought the flag and they threw the house in. I mean, I paid a lot of money for that flag and they (laughs) threw the house in for free, right? Right. And so um, our realtor, CW, stepped up and went out and replicated this flag. No, the person was like, oh, I'll buy you another one. And they sent us one and it was a rinky dinky. It was a, it was a. Two foot by three foot yeah. flag or something <laughs> like, like this. No, 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 no. No, it's like, well, we appreciate the thought, but our realtor stepped up and replicated this thing. It covers the entire, covers the entire wall yeah. in our garage, yeah. and it's the most amazing thing. And you can't pull in and not feel yeah. patriotic. No, I love that. I know it, That's it's, great. it's. I I need to get my daughter to paint me a flag mural. If I only knew if somebody. You only had why an do you need a mural? You have one. I know. <laughs> If you have an original, why do you need a mural? Since that's why you're in business, to paint murals. I have an American flag in mine, but it's black and white. Does that make me unpatriotic? It's the the gray tone. It's the black and white version of the flag. But it's as big as yours. It's it's pretty massive. All right, let's do fast questions, and then we wrap, because he's got to go do yard furniture. All right, so we do rapid, fast questions. Okay. Um, they're supposed to go fast. I normally get commentary, so they go slow, but we're going to do fast questions. Ready? Coffee, Coffee or tea? Oh, look. We almost did it at the same time. Go ahead. You start. No. Nope, Coffee ahead. or tea? Coffee. Black. Straight up. 
<laughs> you see her go, see, it's supposed to be fast questions, and you're going Pizza slow. Pizza or burgers? No, no, no. I said, okay. So coffee for me has to have a little something in it. Okay. Um, both cream and sugar. So Cream and sugar. Yeah. Pizza or burgers? Burgers. Oh. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> Where's the both burgers? <laughs> I can't believe she lets me even talk on the podcast <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Best burger in town? Um, Rainbow Grill, old downtown Carrollton. Oh. What? 1950s soda shop right this there on the square. I, I, I know old downtown Car- Carrollton uh-huh. very well, but I don't know this. Where? Yeah. Uh, the, the old tower building is on the corner op, uh, next to Bades. And yeah, then right yeah. down in that little strip, it's a little. It's called the Rainbow Grill. It's an old soda shop. Nope. When you they were do over ice creams. So one of our dear friends uh, owns the Vintage House, which the is the little house. pink house right yeah. across the street there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sis worked there all through high school and everything. College. Yeah. I college, and I had no idea that that was there. So it's Rainbow Grill. Rainbow yeah, we, Grill. We used to run right. a ministry in the uh, the old theater that's right yeah, there yeah, on the yeah. south yeah. end. Yeah. Um, we were in a ministry there for like two years, and uh, so we. Oh my gosh! All right, so all we're going to have to put that in. We'll go over and take. Now it's old school, unhealthy. Like it's oh. you got to wrap it up with two hands and, Thank you. and wipe some stuff off before <laughs> you get it to your mouth. Yeah, but man, it's, I'm it's in. Really good. All right, next question, sis. Biggest pet peeve. We Oof. know. We know, sis's. Um. Stop. <laughs> must wipe um, your microphone from you. Biggest pet peeve <laughs> is uh, people leaving their crap out. I have six kids, and they all have the propensity mm. to leave stuff just laying around. Wow. Um, and whether it's their drink or their glass or wrappers from some bag of chips or something they just had, it's just, I don't know why it has to be everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, I, at least it's not a driving pet peeve. 80% of our I guests don't. have driving pet peeves. Yeah, I'm usually the one people are peeved at, <laughs> so I don't, I don't think in that space. Uh, Next question, sis. Uh, we haven't done these in a while. Do Did we mean? do it with Natalie? Or, yeah. No, we talked so long with her, we forgot to do them. Um... I can't remember. Movie. Oh, oh, uh, that's such a hard one. What, what you if so you good? were a character in a movie or a movie depicted, no. Or you could pick a movie that depicted your life or a life that you would want, what movie would it be? That's pretty good. Somewhere wow. on there. That's pretty good, um. sis. That's such a hard one. Mine would be Cinderella, but the mom and dad would have to live. So, right, so she would make me but rewrite like Cinderella. Got it. But the new version, Cinderella. Right. Um, Real life Cinderella. I I think just because I like big and dramatic, I would would love for the story Gladiator to have been about me without me having to take the shiv and the liver at the end. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, So I would... You would need to rewrite that story, yeah. Yeah, the the, the fight to get back and the underdog and coming from a place and nothing and then having some achievement. Like, those are all big drivers for me in my life. Um, I just, you know, I wouldn't want to die at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like so floating across the wheat. And all oh, that, yeah. But oh no, yeah. I, I want to skip that part. What's the last one, sis? I don't remember. Favorite night in or out? Oh, yeah. Uh, either way with my wife, but um, probably out. We out? would love to go out. Doing dinner, movie, dancing, uh, all the above? Dinner and talking, period. That's like, it? We, we don't do movies. Um, she probably appreciates a uh, growing up conversation every now and yeah. then. Yeah, uh, dancing stories. I have to tell you when the mics are off. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, literally just nice place to go have dinner. You know, yeah. we'll go have a drink, and we'll, we'll normally go have a drink, sit there for thirty, forty minutes before we sit down for dinner. Yeah, and then we'll have a, a long, extended dinner. Favorite uh, restaurant in Dallas? Wow. Uh, or Fort Worth, I guess. You're kind of both, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, 
probably it's either Fearings or Nick and Sands. Oh, That's kind of our two yeah, places. Yeah. The last time we went and had dinner with them, it was Fearings. Uh, yes. Yeah. That was a good Top night. five for us, definitely. Yeah. Did you have the chicken fried lobster that night? I did. I did. <sighs> that is, yeah. that is, I think, and the, the best. And the soup at the beginning always. So, okay, this is how we're going to end. I know we're a little over, but this is how we're going to end. We're at Fearings. His bride, her dad knows the chef, Dean Fearing. Right. And so she asks our waiter, hey, is chef in? Well, I think he is. I don't know if he's left. Well, can you have him come by? And so he comes He comes by the table. And you mm-hmm. know, he's always come by the table with us. But yeah. he's always come by just to say hi. Brian actually has a story for him. <laughs> And so you've got to tell this story oh, in Lord. a couple of minutes. This is the single. We laughed so hard when he told this story. So, and so, Dean was sitting there just cracking up. He was I dying. mean, it was hilarious. So, so, how do you know? How do you know Dean? Dean What's the connection? Um, Dean Fearing is the executive chef. Is this a chef. story? It yeah. is. Yeah. So, Dean Fearing is the executive chef at Fearing's. He used to run his own private restaurant in house in uh, Napa. Yep. And my father-in-law in the oil business used to travel up there pretty regularly, so he knew them from that. They have a common friend, uh, a, a gentleman named Red, and uh, there should be a movie about this man. <laughs> eighth grade education, who's now a billionaire, right. uh, well. running pipe and boat systems out in the Gulf for the oil business. Right. And uh, Red has a tradition every year. He picks eight people, and he flies them to Argentina to do a, do- uh, a dove hunt. Um, we didn't get into this today. I, I was in a car crash and a coma and a whole bunch of things back in 2004. And my, my father-in-law, Larry, was supposed to go on this trip with Red to mm-hmm. Argentina. But I was in a coma, so my father-in-law dutifully stayed back to make sure that I didn't die. Um, and the next year... Oh, you uh, have to say how long you're in a coma for. Everyone's going to be so, dying. Uh, sorry, 26 days in a coma and three years in rehab uh, after that. Wow. There's a whole other podcast. We need to have him back on that. We'll that just to talk about that. Yeah. So anyway, the next year, Red calls up Larry, my father-in-law, and says, Hey, I'm sorry you couldn't go with us last year. Do you want to go this year? And he says, Absolutely, I want to go with you. And then he says, Can your son-in-law go? And so I, was like, I got to go on this trip. Okay, Argentina Dove Hunt is the Super Bowl of Dove Hunt. But you got to have that context. Uh, uh, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was yeah. it was unreal. I had a uh, I kind of had to put two and two together since so it's a big event. A big event. There's eight of us we're on the trip. We go out do the morning hunt, we do lunch. Um uh, because I'm a musician, I'm very concerned about my hearing while mm-hmm. I'm up there and so I get back to the area where they shoot in the <laughs> afternoon and I realize, "Holy <laughs> crap." I left my hearing aid or my hearing protection mm-hmm. back at the lunch table. Oh, and it's, you know, it's Dad, like, it's not even funny yet. It's like a 30-minute deal. So okay, shh. And okay. so okay. I, I was like, You're ruining well, I'm the- a smart doctor. Like, he's going to go back. The, the little help guy was going to go back and get my hearing protection. But, like, I don't want to miss shooting for the afternoon. So I reached my pocket, and I had these two 800-milligram Motrins because I was still taking medicines for the yeah. pain from the crash. And I thought, well, I'll just set these motions right here on the outside of my ears to protect some of the shotgun noise going in my ears. And oh, so no. I get to shooting and bam, 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 bam. And the guy comes back with my regular earmuffs and I go to put them on. And because it's hot and I'm sweaty, those Motrin have slid down my ear canals. Oh, no. And are now wedged in the bottom of my ear canals. Oh, no. And I thought, oh, crap. So I start trying to dig it out. I get out my Leatherman tool and take out the little toothpick thing, and I'm right. trying to dig these things out of my ears. Oh, no. And then are I try to get. freaking out? I'm freaking out at this I'm point. Freaking out. This guy comes up. He's trying to dig it out of my ear. I've got canteen with water. I'm trying to get it out. Well, now I've got wet water Motrin in the bottom of my ear. It's starting to dissolve, and Motrin's a toxic thing, and so right. it's starting to burn my eardrums. Right. And I'm like, I'm in trouble. Like, this is going to burn through my eardrums. So right. 
I broke in Spanish, talked to this guy, and he winds up taking me straight to the hospital. And so <laughs> I go to the hospital. It's in Argentina. There's a socialized health system there, and so they get assigned all these doctors. And it was like out of a uh, Grey's Anatomy movie. Uh, like His face is going to explode. It's, it's all real bad. <laughs> but this, this woman comes walking around. She's in her late 20s. She's, you know, amazing and beautiful. And she's like, tell me what's wrong with your ears. She speaks perfect English. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I got these things stuck in there. And, <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> And so she's like, well, okay. So she gets out the right tools and she digs this thing out of my ear. Finally. Yeah. And so she's like, so tell me, what do you do back in, in the United States? And I was like, well, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. <laughs> and she gave me like, you stuck the biggest load you of crap. You in your Because I stuck, you're never supposed to stick anything smaller than your elbow in your, in your ear. ear. Right? I know. And so. Um, kind of rule of thumb, sis. I remember you put elbow <laughs> she's gonna get it later yeah. Yeah, she'll get it later but uh, anyway anything smaller than your elbow in your ear i got lectured but you by put a those little things in your ears to protect your ear things those are smaller than an elbow <laughs> yeah i'll explain it to her later no it's all good but anyway so i got lectured by a junior doctor in argentina yeah. one time because i did something stupid. in your ear and i so never weird. lived it down from red and I the rest bet. of the guys on the trip and so it was hilarious I created a fun moment and a memento came out of that and Dean then Faring was Dean like laughing um, his butt off. you know what i'm not a big time hunter I, I hunt for the camaraderie and going hanging out with my family yeah. yeah but if i kill something i don't really care so uh, i like the sport of shooting and like target shooting and stuff like that but for me hunting's not the, the not the thing like oh darn i missed it i'd rather go start a new company yeah no kidding all right we got a wrap Anything else? Thanks so much for having, or no. Having us? <laughs> I know. You're, you're very used, welcome. You're used, to, <laughs> you're used to being on someone else's show. The thanks last two much. podcasts I you was on, on someone, someone else. else's. But thanks for being here, man. Yeah, Thank you so great. much. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it's taken so long to have you on the show. This has been awesome. I so appreciate you and all that you do, all that you do for the kingdom, all you do for ministry, all you do for me and everything. Sis, it's a big weekend. We got a lot to do. Yeah. All right. You're, anything else? Nope. That's it? Probably keep talking, but I know. ask him about his coma once you click. Once you click off. I know it. All right. You ready? Yeah. Love you, sis. Love you, too. See you. Bye. Bye.